0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at wwwfirst presidentorg Amen. Friends, our scripture comes to us today from the Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And as we open the Word of God, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, it is dark until you send your light. So, Lord, shed your light on each of us and on these pages of Scripture that we can know the light that is life in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. John 1, 1 through 14. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, he was in the world. among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We are grateful for God's word. Amen? Well, if you have uh, been around to hear me preach a few times, you know that um, I usually say something funny toward the beginning of the sermon. You got to connect, you know? Are you feeling a connection? And my son, uh, my son Liam has figured this out. He's eight years old. And so my, my eight-year-old son Liam said to me the other day, Dad, you always say funny stuff at the start. Now, I was excited that he, that he recognized this. The funny stuff is some of the hardest stuff to come up with. And my eight-year-old son had realized that this was what I was doing. I was feeling really good about myself. And then he said, you should make the whole sermon like that. <laughs> not tonight no way there are basically two passages of scripture that we read on Christmas Eve there's the really popular one that Linus recites to Charlie Brown and this is the other one it's, it sounds a little strange actually when you read it you think are we sure he's reading the right passage it's Christmas It sounds a little different, it's kind of a a scene from some cosmic drama. In the beginning, in the darkness, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Are you ready? Do you want to do it? Long ago, are you going to do it with me? In a galaxy far, far away. And it comes. And it, we have to work on that a little bit. <laughs> Into the silence, God speaks His Word. Into the darkness, God brings His light. He knows we need it. Jesus is the light that shines brighter. The light of God, the light of the world, that light was, the scripture says, the true light that gives light to everyone. I wonder if you are ready for a little light in your life. I wonder if when you look back over the year, you feel like there's been too much darkness. There's time for light in your life. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light, and that light shines brighter than any other, Jesus shines brighter. God doesn't give up on you, even if you give up on God. He sends a light that shines brighter. Into the darkness comes our our Christmas passage, this day. It's a Christmas passage, this reading from John. John gives us a a different look at Christmas. God has entered the world in Jesus, the Word of God, which is God. Through, Through the Word, the whole world was made. The Word, that Word became flesh, it says in verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's That's Christmas. If you want to hear me talk about angels and shepherds and camels and things, you have to come back another time. This is Christmas. Into the darkness, God sends his light. The light of God has come, and it's right here in the manger. It's Jesus. Here is how Jesus addresses the problem. He knows that without him, we are lost. He knows that unless he speaks to us, we can't hear his word. He knows that that we are groping around in darkness and each step we take is as likely to lead us away from him as toward him. He knows all of this. And so here's how he addresses the problem. He comes. He comes into the world, into your life. He comes and speaks his word into our lives. He comes and sheds his light on our hearts, the true light, the light that enlightens everyone, the light that conquers darkness, the light that dispels despair, the light that shows us where we are and where we need to be, the true and everlasting light that is life and life eternal. That light, he comes and he sheds on every soul that turns to him. You and I, We need, we need this brighter light. You can hardly open a page of the Bible really without finding something about light and dark. But we don't live in a lot of darkness in our times. We're not really accustomed to that. We live in the the electric age, the age of electricity, and the lights are always on. You know, it's actually hard to find darkness. You know, it's kind of gone. Uh, We've we've always got the lights on. I watched a documentary a couple of months ago about Thomas Edison. I know, if you could only have my life, right? (laughs) Pretty exciting. But I loved it. I was fascinated. Did you know Thomas Edison was, was not the first one to invent the electric light? By the 1870s, there were all kinds of experiments of electric lights all over the place. In 1879, 12 arc lights were installed in the public square in Cleveland. And they promised to make the park as bright as the day. They were so bright you couldn't, you couldn't really look directly at them. They were arc lights And they promised to make the park as bright as the day. But not everyone was excited about this idea. In fact, there was a huge debate that bubbled up. And the issue was the cattle nearby. They said, if you you keep the lights on in the night, my cattle are going to think it's daytime. And they're not going to sleep. And if they don't sleep, they're going to get sick. And if they get sick, they're going to die. Your fancy lights are killing my cows. And they hadn't even been turned on yet. They worked it out. We live in constant light. It's hard to find darkness. 80% of Americans can't see the Milky Way. It's a little ironic that they were worried about the cows. You know? The cows are fine. It's you and I that don't get any sleep. We hardly get a wink staring at our phones and, and our iPads and our TVs and our computers, everything that lights up in our life. Hey, it's nice to brighten up the dark night. We've got thousands of of twinkle lights stapled to our house right now. It's nice. It's nice. But there's something brighter. Have you ever left your Christmas lights on? Overnight and end of the day, you walk out and look at them and you can hardly even tell that they're on because the sun is shining so much brighter. The light that you can have in your life from Jesus is like the sun. The light in Jesus is a rising sun that never sets. When his light comes into your life, you're not going to have any interest in the little twinkle lights. We have our own ways of pushing back the darkness, but they don't always work. Uh, Eric Jacobson came to speak to us at our Christian Life Conference last month, and he said we live behind three Panes of glass, he said. Our windshield, our big screens, and our phones. He said, think about it. Your windshield is that wonderful pane of glass. A car is a wonderful thing and gets you can get places so quickly. But let me ask you this, how do you feel about the people on the other side of that pane of glass? Isn't it amazing how the windshield of your car is able to make everyone around you your personal enemy? <laughs> like, Whoa, they're all against me. They've plotted that, that pane of glass. Or your TV. The TV, it pretends to put us in relationship, but it actually drains and isolates us. Or the phone. The phone is this little pane of glass that we carry around. We carry it around like a shield. Whenever you get into any situation where there might be a moment of awkwardness or boredom or any threat of conversation, we pull that thing out, stick it in front of our face, protect us. You know, but all these panes of glass, they promise to bring us closer, but they actually drive us apart. It's nice to have these things, but it costs us something too. The light God brings in Jesus is brighter. These little lights, they can close you in. They can trap you. They can trap you like like behind three panes of glass in a box that you can't get out of. You need the brighter light to set you free. The light shines in the darkness, verse 5, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Bible isn't talking about Thomas Edison there. It's talking about spiritual light. It's talking about light in spiritual places, God's light. Do you ever feel like the world is going a little bit spiritually dark? There's darkness. Do you ever feel yourself like maybe you feel in the dark? I don't know, I don't know much about uh, my spiritual life. I feel like I'm in the dark. I'm a little lost. I'm a little trapped. I'm a little boxed in and I don't know how to, to escape Maybe you feel that way. See, in the darkness, we lose stuff. The same is true in spiritual darkness. In the dark, you know, we can't see the beauty and the color of the world. All of the colors, they fade away. They're, they all turn gray in the dark. You can't figure out the perspective. You lose the beauty of things. In the dark, we can't see other people. Before you know it, we don't know where they are. We start to lose relationships. In the dark, you can lose track of where you are, your own location, and you can lose your way. The, the three panes of glass are not going to help you. Your twinkle lights are not going to get you very far. But listen, listen. God doesn't give up on you. Even when you are lost and have given up on God, he sends a brighter light. There is hope, and the hope is found in the babe lying in the manger. The brighter light is in Jesus. When you're in in spiritual darkness, your life starts to lose that sense of, of purpose. What am I doing here? The first time I really seriously thought about purpose, I was in college. And I was having a hard time figuring out who I wanted to be, who God wanted me to be. There, there were kind of, uh, there was, uh, yes, I was in these Christian groups and I was even in some Christian leaderships, but you know what? There was this, this other Tim who, who kept showing up. And this other Tim was kind of a, party guy Tim. I know you find this hard to believe. But this party guy Tim, he had different intentions and, and he, would, he would show up every once in a while and there was half of me, you see, that wanted to save the world and there was half of me that just wanted to party it all away into oblivion. And these two Tims, you know, they didn't like each other. They didn't get along very well. So this was a time for me, even though I knew the Lord, this was a time of spiritual darkness and confusion, and a mature Christian man came into my life, and he said, Tim, do you know what you need? I said, yeah, I know what I need. I need to stop acting like a fool and start acting like a man of God. He said, sure, but you've tried that, haven't you? You know what you need, he said? You need purpose. And I thought I had purpose. I I thought the purpose of life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. I had that, I knew that, but he said, no, no. I mean your purpose, Tim's purpose. You need a mission statement for your life. And so I, I prayed and I, I sought the Lord and I even took a day to fast for the first time. I asked Jesus for my purpose and what I wrote down was this. I wrote down to promote the knowledge and love of God found in Jesus Christ. That mission still guides my life today. God doesn't give up on you even when you give up on him. He sends a brighter light. See, God had something better in mind than the fool I was pretending to be. Why did I need purpose? Because in the dark, you lose your way. In the spiritual darkness, you lose your sense of meaning of purpose. You lose perspective. You lose any sense of of mission. You lose beauty and joy in your life. God wants more out of your life than that you escape from the world. God wants to use you to spread his light right where he's put you. A purpose can call you higher. See, people try to change their habits by stopping the bad things. But you can't stop the bad stuff by concentrating only on the bad stuff. This is what we call the classic pink elephant problem. If I tell you right now, above all else, nobody, nobody in the room, don't think of a pink elephant. What do you do? You think of a pink elephant, you're seeing one right now. Dancing on the shoulder of the person in front of you. You know, you, you can't stop the bad stuff by concentrating on the bad stuff. You need to find the good stuff that calls you higher. You need a better thought. A farmer doesn't make a field produced just by killing weeds. No, the farmer uh, plants rich, thick, healthy wheat. Self-control, you see, is, isn't just not doing bad things. It's about wanting to do good things. Higher, better, brighter. Self-control is about choosing the things you want more over the things you want right now. When Jesus comes into your life, this is what he brings. Jesus brings a brighter light. You've lost all color in the dark. Jesus brings color. You've lost the ability to see and, and know and love those around you. Jesus restores relationships and renews your connection to God. You may have lost any sense of meaning or, or purpose. Jesus signs a brighter light to show you just what you were meant to do, to be part of bringing his light and life to a darkened world. We need the brighter light. The true light, verse 9, that gives light to everyone. Everyone. was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was his own, his own did not receive. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all, who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The true light to renew and heal all things, to set all things right, to bring health and life, that light came into the world in Jesus. And some turned away, but some received. Which do you want to be? To receive him, to believe in his name, is to be given the right to become a child of God, to enter his family, to be a brother of Christ, a son of the Father, an heir to the kingdom. It's to be his own and to join his mission and to find your purpose. Mark Twain once said, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Listen, having more to live with is nothing. It's nothing compared to having more to live for. Jesus has a purpose for you for your life. You were designed for good. He wants to use you to shed his light across the face of the earth to heal, and to restore, you have more to live for. You have purpose in his brighter light. Dorothy Alvarez works as an advocate at Westside Cares, and a woman came to her a couple of weeks ago um, who was just out of jail. The the woman was just out of jail, not Dorothy. (laughs) And this woman, she had taken some wrong turns in her life. She had she had made some mistakes. She had gone down some dark roads. But jail for her, this time, was a turning point. In fact, she used the opportunity to put away the drug abuse and the other things and, and, and to, to make a turn in her life. But even more than that, while she was in jail, she met Jesus. In maybe the darkest place, the light broke in. And she was a different Woman, And as she came into Dorothy's office, she could see that her Bible was just getting torn up because she was reading through her Bible so fast. She was just consuming it It as though God was shining his own flashlight on it over her shoulder. And she came in and sat down at Dorothy's desk and she looked across at her and she said, When I got out my first day walking with the Lord, walking with Jesus, I looked down in the street and I found something. I I found this card, she said, and she pulled it out of of her bag and she put it on the desk. It was this. It was the tag that was placed on all of the votive candles that that we gave out to our church a few weeks ago as as an Advent gift. She said, look at this, this woman said. Look at this. Jesus shines brighter, brighter. When the little lights you look to don't chase away the darkness, remember that Jesus brings light to the darkest places. She showed Dorothy this card and she said this, this was a message to me straight from God. Jesus shines brighter, so much brighter and he's shining in my life. Now Dorothy had tears in her eyes. The woman had no idea that Dorothy belongs to First Press and she knew all about this little cart. Now, do you know what that means? That means one of you should be very embarrassed that you littered. (laughs) But do you know what it means? It means God knows how to shine his light. It means Jesus is at work Shining his light in the darkest places. It means that the light of Christ is come. And the darkness has no chance. God is at work shining his light in this city. Shining his light in the darkest places in the world. The dim lights, they pale in comparison. Jesus is the light that shines. Say it with me. Brighter, brighter, brighter. Eight years ago a mine collapsed in Chile trapping 33 miners and teams worked around the clock for two months trying to reach them and they had to 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 make a special cage to go down into the drilled hole to to reach these these miners who were trapped. And it could only carry one man at a time. They couldn't just send this weird contraption down into the hole because uh, maybe the miners wouldn't know what to do with it or maybe they were lost or maybe they were in need or, or frankly, maybe they thought, maybe they've all died. So a man had to go down in the hole. A man had to be chosen to go down. And a man stepped forward and he climbed into the cage and he was sent down. He left the surface of the earth and went down into the darkness and they were saved. And one by one, they emerged. A man came, a light came, and they were saved. Friends, this is the nativity of Jesus. This is the Christmas message. No matter how deep the darkness, how cold the layers of stone that seem to be trapping you and, and burying you. God doesn't give up. He does not. Give up on you. Even if you've given up on God, he does not give up on you. God keeps digging. He keeps pursuing. He keeps sending his light into your life, just like he did on the birth of Jesus that first Christmas morning. He is digging into your heart, into your life, into your situation to shed his light on you and to bring your soul home to him. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Have you seen his light? We have seen his glory. The word of God became flesh. We have seen his glory full of grace and truth. Have you seen his light? Look up. It's all around you. Turn toward Jesus. Turn to him just a little bit and you will feel the light of Christ flooding into your life. Today, In shadows, we lift a light for Jesus. You were not only meant to see that light. You were not only meant to receive that light. You were meant to become a part of that light, shedding the hope and the purpose and the beauty of the love of God everywhere that you go. Join the family of God. Be a child of light, shedding hope and purpose, color and beauty. Christ has come. Salvation has been created. We lift a light to Jesus. Jesus shines brighter. Jesus shines purer, beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations, Son of God and Son of man, glory and honor, praise, adoration, now and forevermore. Be thine. Let's pray. Lord, it feels deep at times, and hope feels dim. But you never give up. Lord, keep sending, keep digging. Find your way to us so that we can find our way home to you. Let your light shine brighter, ever brighter, to the glory of the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.